I don't need the wine of the world. I've got the new wine of the Holy Ghost. Some of you standing used to get so sloppy drunk. You couldn't even hardly see the hand in front of your face. Praise God. Now you got to the church. You got so sloppy drunk. You could see for the first time in your life. Because like the day of Pentecost. When, when they were really, really quiet. You know up there in the upper room they were really quiet. They didn't want to get too loud because they didn't want it to spread around. They's afraid that it might get too much attention. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, first of all, anything that starts out, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a sound. Now, we don't know if that sound, you, you could say, well, there was a sound. Well, this is a sound. A whisper is a sound. A grunt is a sound. That, that's some men folk, you know, out of the breed of men. That's how, that's how we give our best answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what do you think of that? Mm. It's a sound. Some folks, that's about all they got out of religion. What'd your religion do for you? Mm. What, you didn't feel much of God? No. You, you could be comfortable folding your arms and, and uh, crossing your legs and acting indifferent. It was just a sound. But the Bible said, it followed it up. There came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. Have you ever heard the roar of a hurricane? Have you ever heard the twisting, twirling sounds of a vortex of destruction, otherwise known as a tornado? It gets loud. When you have a Pentecostal experience that has changed your life, pardon me tonight, but we got ex-alcoholics, ex-drug addicts, ex-murderers, ex-prisoners, ex-convicts. They can't be quiet tonight. Because the Pentecostal fire burned and the Pentecostal wind blew and the power of the Spirit changed them. If, if us getting loud makes you uncomfortable, please understand what we do here tonight is more then cheer on the Baltimore Ravens or the Washington Wizards or whoever else you might be happy about. We're cheering on a king who stepped off of his throne 
took a star-studded staircase down to a lowly place in Bethlehem, was born as a little peasant baby. God manifested in the flesh, carried a cross at 33 years of age, died on a cross, was buried, and rose again the third day. Oh, but be quiet now. Might, it might, you might get too much attention. You might make somebody uncomfortable. Listen, the only one we want to make uncomfortable tonight is every devil that would like to fill somebody's head with doubt. Every satanic agenda that would like to keep somebody angry, bitter, compromising, defiled, full of fallacy, running in rebellion, hiding in the shadows of shame. We want you to come out of darkness in the marvelous light tonight, and we don't mind getting loud about it. We don't mind turning up the volume of our faith and our praise tonight to let the world know Jesus is alive. Glory. Be seated for a moment. Is he a fairy tale? Don't tell it to some of these folks that were just standing. They came into a church service. They didn't have any help. They didn't know what Pentecost was. Somebody just said, won't you go to church with me? And before the night was done... They were in a place where they'd never drink another drop of liquor again. They'd never have to roll up a sleeve and try to find a vein available because every other vein had collapsed. They didn't have to go back to the crack house because they were in the church house. Glory. Is there anybody that has that testimony? Is there anybody that feels like shouting again? Because you remember, I know where Jesus brought me from. I know the darkness he let me out of. I know the pit of sin he pulled me out of. I know the stains of iniquity he cleansed out of my life by the blood of Jesus. Holy to God. Oh, you're getting too loud. Shh, gotta be quiet. Folks might think you've got something more than a religion because religion is hushed. Religion is quiet. Religion is just silent memory. I'm sorry. I didn't come tonight to celebrate an apologetic memory of what used to happen. I came for an apostolic manifestation of what still happens. God is still filling people with the Holy Ghost. God is still curing folks of incurable diseases. God is still casting out devils and delivering folks. No matter what the sickness, the disease, the addiction, the bondage is. I'm trying to read a text, if you'll let me. I feel old-fashioned apostolic faith here tonight. Glory to God. Isaiah 61. Excuse me, Isaiah 63. The Bible says, I'm sorry, Isaiah 54. 
Isaiah still said it. The Bible said, sing, O barren. That's my subject. Sing, O barren. Thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, sing, O barren. Be seated for a moment. Don't let it get too loud now. The Bible said in Acts 2 and 5, they kept it real quiet. They kept it on the down low. They turned the volume down. No, the Bible said it was noised abroad. How, how can something be noised abroad if it's just quiet, cool, collected, and calm? No, it needs to be passionate, Pentecostal, and powerful. It needs to be full of praise. If God has done something for you here tonight, you ought to share that testimony because there could be somebody sitting here that is hungry for a breakthrough, longing for a light to shine in their life, looking for liberty to break the chains of bondage in them. I was preaching in our church the other day and uh, the Spirit of the Lord was moving. It was a conviction setting. And this young man, he was in the service and uh, you could tell he was a little bit troubled and uncomfortable about what was going on around him. I was preaching on hell. That's not a very popular subject anymore. But I was preaching on the warning signs on the road to hell and the conviction and the power of God was moving. It was old-fashioned, loud travail and people were laid out in the altar. We still have services like that. We still believe in an anointing that breaks the yoke like that. We are not in such a sophisticated religious culture of 2015 America that we can't have old-fashioned travail, interceding, break through the barriers of darkness revival and break the chains of bondage in a service. People were starting to run up and get baptized. Folks were getting the Holy Ghost, but this young man was troubled and he, he talked to me after the service and he kind of grabbed my hand. He said, uh, he said, now, Pastor, he said, uh, he said, you ought not to preach like that. He said, it made me uncomfortable, all that screaming. <laughs> it kind of took me back when I was a young evangelist in my early 20s, and I was preaching in a place called Cotton Valley, Louisiana. Don't even, you can't even find it. Don't even look for it. <laughs> it's outside of Minden. Some of y'all don't even know where Minden is. But... We was having revival and I'd, I'd pour my guts out and I'd sweat through drenching my clothes and prayed as much as I could and trying to get somebody to respond to God. And, and this old man, he come up, you know, he was one of those scorecard guys. I want to see what you can say that will impress me tonight. Because I've heard everything. I hope you're not that kind of Pentecostal. I hope if somebody just quotes Acts 2.38, you can jump up out of your seat and shout. Act like it's the first time you've ever heard it. But he just walked up to me and he said, well, he said, he said, some tell it and some yell it. That's right. Sir. Woo. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I guess I was in the some yell it category. 
But anyway, this young man, he said, I've never been in a church like this. I don't understand why you did all that screaming. I said, look, let me ask you a question. I said, if you're standing on a road and you know just behind you a bridge is out, I'm pretty sure this is what you will not do. Well, um, I hope you don't keep driving that way right there because there's still kind of cones. There's a bridge out just a few feet from here. And uh, I think you ought to really be careful because, you know, Folks, what are you doing? You're just driving right by me. You're not even paying attention. What's wrong with you? <laughs> now, now, let's think about it for a moment. You want the apostolic church of 2015 to be quiet. You, 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 you want it to lower its volume. It's too loud. But if you're trying to save somebody, from driving off. And we're not just talking about a bridge spanning between two places. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about eternal life and death. You would be out there going, turn around, turn around, turn around. That's why I'm preaching to somebody tonight with the passion of Pentecostal power. Turn around, repent, get your life right. The bridge is out. The world is headed for destruction. But Jesus is alive. The word of God is real. The anointing can break the yoke. The chain breaker is in the house. You know what that young man did? He kind of went, oh, y'all got a young adult ministry? This ain't the time to have a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. See, religions are built on relics, but those that have a relationship with God have a burning fire. They have the electricity of El Shaddai on the inside of them. They have what I like to call the wattage of the word. That's why their faith has not dimmed out. It will be even brighter the darker this generation gets. Don't you sit down on your testimony. And if you're here tonight and you need deliverance, you want to be set free, you want to find out if this Holy Ghost is real, don't just take this preacher dressed in a nice suit. Don't just take my word for it. I want you to look around at living testimonies of folks that ought to be dead tonight. Folks that shouldn't even even be here tonight. They ought to be in jail. They ought to be laid up on a street somewhere, lost and homeless without God. But because of Jesus, because somebody noised it abroad. Oh, let's lift him up and praise him for a moment in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Come on, Pentecostal. This ain't the time for you to get quiet. It's the time for you to get loud. It ain't the time for you to be silent in the face of cynics who don't believe what you believe. It's time for you to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And it's a time to share your testimony with enthusiasm, with fire, with a rushing mighty wind, with a raging river of the Holy Ghost.
Glory to God. I feel his delivering power in this room tonight. I feel his anointing that will break the yoke in this room tonight. And I'll tell you something that's powerful. You don't have to be perfect tonight to act like these folks are acting around here. You don't have to have it all together. Look, some of us have been in the church 20 or 30 years and we still ain't got it all together. We try to act like we got it all together. That's why we still need preaching and still need the Word. Still need divine direction. Still need the Holy Ghost to break through some of the hard-headed stubbornness that we've got. You don't have to be perfect. In fact, can I just tell you something here tonight? The more burdens you got, the bigger the problem you brought into the building, the stronger the urge to do something wrong in your life, the greater the attraction. Jesus told the stuck-up, don't they were better than everybody else, Pharisees. First of all, he said, you're white except because you look good on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. Praise God. Praise God. He told the Pharisees, you search the scripture, you know them inside out. They are they which testify of me. And he told them, he said, you walk around here acting like you don't have anything wrong with you. I came to seek and save that which was lost. Those that aren't sick don't think they need anybody. They don't need a physician. But the sicker you are tonight. I want to tell you that opposites attract. God is perfect. God has never missed it. God has never messed up. God has never misplaced a word. God has never had a mishap in battle. God has never made a mistake from the day of creation to the moment we stand here right now. God is 100% foolproof perfect. But you might go, well now, wait a minute. If God is that perfect, then there ain't no way for me to get close to that God. But that's why opposites attract. He was perfect. I was pitiful. The only way for pitiful to get close to perfect was perfect had to come down and act like one of the pitiful. He took on, according to the Roman writer, the likeness of sinful flesh. He became one of us. He walked down to where we were so he could show us how to get to where he is. Glory. Come on, Pentecostal, don't forget where God brought you from. I know you're sophisticated tonight. I know you've learned a lot of stuff. I know you're educated in the verse. But don't you ever forget 
the stinking rotten sinner you were when you needed a perfect Savior to walk into your dungeon, walk into your cell, walk into your basement of shame and pull you out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. If you don't have it together, if you feel like everything you've ever done is messed up, if you feel like you don't know what else to do, where else to go, how else to try to figure it out, let me tell you tonight that Jesus is attracted to you. Just like the woman with the issue of blood that got down on the ground and pressed her way through the crowd. Twelve years she's been listening to folks giving her all kinds of superstitious medical advice that didn't even work. But when she started crawling toward that blue tassel hanging off the bottom of the robe of the man they called Jesus, when she touched that, virtue came out of his body, ran into her body, and what she had been struggling with for twelve years, she was healed up instantly. Watch now. The Bible said he questioned them. Who touched me? He's standing in a throng of people. He's getting bumped by all kinds of folks. But he's talking about something else. Because he was attracted to that moment. Attracted to that moment where nobody else could help that woman, but he could help that woman. That's why the Bible said, sing. O barren, thou that didst not bear. Because before it's said and done, some of the people that have the most messed up lives. Who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? Apostle Paul. What did Apostle Paul describe himself as with self-deprecating details? He said, I was the chiefest of sinners. But the chiefest of sinners became the greatest of the apostles because opposites attract. You ain't got it together tonight. You're in the right place. You feel like your life is a failure. You're in the right place. Because let me tell you about some of these folks sitting here tonight. They look good tonight. They got good paying jobs tonight. They know the Bible tonight. They can quote a lot of verses to you tonight. They could sit down and teach you a Bible study tonight. They could go into your house and pray the devils out of your rooms tonight. But if you would have first got a glimpse of them, the first night they walked into the church, you would have said, they won't be back. But opposites attract. Sing, O Baron. You're messed up tonight, but you're going to be one of my greatest witnesses tomorrow. You're in a lot of trouble tonight, but you're going to be one of the greatest testimonies walking down the streets tomorrow. <laughs> let, let me see it for a moment. Let me tell you about Charles Griffiths in our church. Charles Griffiths was a drug addict. Charles Griffiths had done so many drugs, he had burnt so many brain cells in his mind, 
He couldn't. He was smart at one time. He couldn't even hardly add two plus two. He had been in and out of drug rehabs. Nobody could help him. His family had written him off. But about ten years ago, he came to a Pentecostal altar. He got a he got among a group of folks that weren't praying church. They were the church. They weren't imposters. They were the real deal. You got the real deal here tonight. He got down there and got to praying. He got to talking in tongues. They, they had to carry him out of the church. He couldn't even speak English for hours. Yeah, that still happens. Why not let it happen in the month of May? Why not let it happen right down here? This month. Why not have some people get so drunk on the Holy Ghost that, that you're going to have to have a designated driver to get them home? How many would agree to having that kind of devil defeating, disease healing, darkness defeating revival? Charles Griffiths not only got filled with the Holy Ghost, not only got delivered from his drug addictions, but he now is one of our caretakers, care pastors in our church. He sits down on the front row. Hey, he doesn't have to wait for the choir to modulate the third time. He doesn't wait for his favorite preacher to show up and preach. Every service, you'll see Charles Griffiths doing this. If he doesn't run the aisles, he's probably got a hamstring, a twisted ankle, or a fever of a flu. Because most services, old drug-addicted Charles, who now has his own business, Drives one of the nicest cars in the church. That man who had no brain cells left can out-teach just about anybody in the church when it comes to Bible studies. And not only that, his mom and dad, his mom had gone to seminary to a particular denomination. I won't mention it because I'm not here to cast stones at other denominations. She was very intelligent, very well-versed in the Word. She had been the pastor of a Spanish congregation, very large in this particular denomination. But you know why she came to Landmark Tabernacle? Because she was one of the ones that had written off her own boy saying there's no hope for him. He had been in and out of religions. He had been in and out of rehabs. But Pentecostal experience of the book of Acts did something for her boy that nothing else could do. Guess what? They're now over our family ministries because they came and got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost because when they saw with their own eyes, hey, Pentecostal, don't you forget the miracles that are standing here among us. Don't you forget the miracles that He's about to perform. 
the lives he's about to alter the supernatural transformation that's going to take place in the lives of those that might be drug dealers and drug addicts right now but 12 months from now they could be a preacher hey you remember in Acts 3 when Peter and John prayed for the man sitting at the gate called Beautiful. He was fumbling around in his hands, the cup, a little bit of chains rattling. It was a nice sunny day. It was about 9 o'clock in the morning. Peter and John's going to the temple. It's the hour of prayer. They're walking along. It's a nice little stroll. And all of a sudden they hear this man begging alms. Peter starts to feel some boldness. John starts to feel some power. They look down at that man and they said, look on us. He thinks he's about ready to get some more change. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, he, he was going to get some change. <laughs> Not secular change. Supernatural change. Hey, why are some of you folks settling for secular change? You used to believe in supernatural change. Why are you going to self-help books when you used to go to the greatest book that could ever help yourself? Praise God. Talk about some text messages. <laughs> you need to get your face in this book. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. So... The man, he looks up at him thinking he's going to get some more money. <laughs> Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Grab the man by his right hand. He's leaping. He's walking. He goes into the temple praising God. And now there's all kinds of a people going on in the Sanhedrin. And folks are all kinds of upset at what the disciples are doing. And so when the council comes together and they're starting to question Peter about what happened. Acts 4 and 8 said, Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day we be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man and by one means he is made whole, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him that this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither. Y'all need to act like this is the first time you've ever heard this right here. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved it still works now watch be seated for a moment thank you for that response now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men they marveled and they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. 
Now this next verse is what I absolutely love. Pay attention. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Listen, you can talk about Pentecost all you want to. You can listen to the atheistic, humanistic, so-called educated mind tell you that that Holy Ghost stuff is unnecessary. There ain't no need to be speaking in tongues and being loud and looking like you've been electrocuted. I'd rather say shock me again, Jesus. <laughs> but they'll tell you. They may be saying, oh, that's silly. The way y'all get together and act like that. Ain't no need in doing all that. But when you get a Charles Griffiths praying through and having a miracle transformation, that's what silenced the cynicism for his mom and dad. Because the supernatural silences the cynic. They could talk about you all they want to. But let me tell you something. Some of the very ones that are talking bad about you right now they're going to need you next week. They're going to come running to you when they can't get the devil cast out of their kids. Oh, we got folks still, they'll get devils? Yes, we do. Amen. I cast one out here just a few months ago. You mean we do that in America? Yes, we do. Had this girl come down. She was all gnarly and contorted and had all those deep guttural things going on. And folks were standing around her. And, and I got aggravated. I got up in the pulpit. I said, y'all get away from the girl right now. We're not going to interview the devil. We're not going to have a 45-minute dialogue with the devil. I looked at that young lady. I said, look at me. I said, look at me. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get out of here. Those devils departed that young lady. Her whole face lit up. She got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. The supernatural will silence the critic. The supernatural will make a believer out of the unbeliever. A miracle among us will turn the tide on those that are trying to tear you down. Come on, let's lift our hands to the Lord for a moment in Jesus' name. In fact, I want you to reach over and begin to pray for somebody for a moment. Somebody in this house that may need deliverance. Somebody in this house that may need to be set free. Somebody in this house that might be in a barren place of their life. Everything is withered. Every hope has been destroyed. Every branch is brittle. Everything seems to be deaf and dry and dull and defeated and desperate and despairing and destructive. But here comes Jesus and the name of deliverance. The name above every other name. Somebody can get the Holy Ghost tonight like they did in the book of Acts. Come on, pray for somebody. Lift up your voice and pray for somebody. Come on right now. Listen, if you're praying for somebody that needs God, if you're praying for somebody right now that needs God, I want you to get them by the hand quickly. I don't care where they're sitting, seating. I want you to get a hold of them right now and bring them down to this front in Jesus' name. Come on, quickly, move out. 
They might need a healing in their body. They might need the Holy Ghost. They might need deliverance. I want you to step out and come down to this front right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, bring them. Step out and bring them. This is your night to get the Holy Ghost. This is your night. And listen, I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care what problems you've got. This service was made exactly for you. Come on, Will. Let's pull the gospel net forward, church. From the front to the back. Bring somebody down right now. Come on in Jesus' name. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. The Holy Ghost is going to do it. Come on. Let's fill up this front right now. Quickly in the name of Jesus, step out. You got somebody that's at the most desperate place of their life. Come on, I need altar workers and altar counselors. Come on. We got folks that are seeking the Holy Ghost tonight. Folks that are seeking a breakthrough in their life. Let's fill up these altars tonight. I want you to tell somebody, it doesn't matter how bad it is in your life. It doesn't matter how lonely it looks in your life. How much sin and rebellion you've got in your life. Jesus is attracted to your need. He wants to help you. He wants to change you. Come on everybody from the front to the back. Step out. Bring somebody to pray with you right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on backslider. This is a night of restoration. Come on sinner friend. This is a night of repentance. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. There's forgiveness waiting in the altar. There's deliverance waiting in the altar. There's hope right down here where these folks are praying. Would you come? There it is. Come on. The Bible said out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Why don't you leave here full of the Holy Ghost full of the power of God full of the anointing yes 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 come on we're several that are seeking the Lord I'm reaching for one or two more why don't you join us step out and come and pray right now you got somebody praying with you right now. That'll help you find that river of the Holy Ghost. Help you find that place of repentance, change, deliverance. Yeah. <laughs>